Welcome to Rhythm Check, a podcast from trainee doctors for trainee doctors. As a group, we spend so much time talking to our patients about how to look after their own health and well-being, but how often do we actually do this for ourselves? It's unfortunately all too common that work can take priority and we forget to check in with how we're doing and what we can do for our own well-being. So it's time to practice what we preach. I'm Flo. And I'm Katie, and we'll be your hosts for this series. We're both specialty trainee doctors, and each episode we'll look at some of the important pillars of well-being and how our training can impact these. We'll hear from other trainees about the common problems and pitfalls that we face, from ever-changing shift patterns, rotations, workload stress, to maintaining our personal lives, and how as trainees we've learned to manage and deal with them. Today, we are talking all about sleep. We know that sleep improves our mood, concentration, and overall health. And without good quality sleep, we put ourselves at much higher risk of health problems further down the line. Shift workers are known to be the most vulnerable and junior doctors are often at the heart of this. We spend our time advising our patients how to prioritize their sleep in order to benefit their long-term health. So why, as trainees, is it so hard to take our own advice? What stops us from getting good quality sleep? And how can we overcome this to make it better for ourselves? In this episode, we will cover three common challenges that trainees face when it comes to sleep. And we're so happy to welcome Sedge to talk through these things with us today. So hi, Sedge. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, yeah. So thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on this podcast series. So my name is Sedge and I'm an anaesthetic registrar in the deanery, currently at a ST4 level. And I was having a little think before this podcast that I've actually probably been in training since 2015. So I've been on this training treadmill for quite a while and have definitely learned how to still learning actually how to deal with busy shifts and sleep and trying to prioritize that so I'm, I'm ready for the next day or the next night shift so yeah so looking forward to sharing my experiences so I thought we'd kick off by talking about those long days on call when we typically get home really late and we have much less time to try and reset before we start the day over again the following day. And it's really important to try and wind down after those really busy shifts so that we're ready to actually get some good quality sleep. What has been your experience of this, Edge, and how have you managed this? Yeah, so I think we've all had those busy shifts, the ones where they're just relentless, constant, not necessarily in terms of quantity, but also complexity, particularly when you become more senior. It requires a lot of a lot of thinking. So you come back physically exhausted, mentally exhausted. And our brain's just been on all day, hasn't it? It hasn't really, really stopped. It's that decision fatigue, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It gets to it. And it's normally around 4pm, 5pm when it hits, doesn't it? <laughs> and then you've still got like two or three hours left of your shift. And then you've got to come home try and wind down, not think about work and do it all over again the next day. So I think particularly when I was a lot more junior, it was so much harder to do that because you're always worrying about the little things. But what I've learned is that one, it's hard. So just accept that it's hard to switch off. And two, to try all these different things to distract yourself, find what works for you. So there's a couple of things I do, I guess. If I'm on a placement where I can cycle to work, 
then the cycle back is so lovely because you can unwind, you can get some fresh air and you can really just work through your day. And then, you know, as soon as you get off your bike and you're at home, that's it. Work's done and home life is starting. So that's really useful. It's quite nice to get outside, isn't it? It's just a kind of little detox (laughs) on your way home. Yeah, especially if you feel like you've been trapped, you know, between four walls during the day at work. And then you can finally get some fresh air. And particularly if it's, um, you've got no daylight during the day. (laughs) So you come home, particularly in the summer, summer months, it's quite nice to get that daylight, isn't it, on your way back. And then if you're driving to work, I find it quite useful to call someone on the drive home particularly if you've got bluetooth in the car you can call your call your friends call your family either talk about or debrief what's happened at work just to get it off your chest because sometimes you don't necessarily get to do that at work with someone because everyone is so busy it's constantly go 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 so you don't actually get that time to debrief and even just get it off your chest so that's quite nice to do that call someone or even when you get home talk to your partner or call your friends or family it's a nice way to unwind. It's almost a way of sort of processing your day, isn't it? So that you can kind of draw a line under it at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the other thing I was also thinking about is for my training, I have to do a logbook and assessments and things and I have to keep up to date with it. And I, I'm useless at doing it like a couple of days down the line because I just forget <laughs> memory like a sieve. So I, I try and do it the day on the day. So in the evening, just do my logbook. So I kind of know what I've done during the day. And I guess subconsciously, that is a way of kind of unwinding as well, because you're just documenting what you've done throughout the day. And then each time you've saved it, it's like closing the page, like turning the page, closing that chapter, and then you're done. I like that idea. It's almost like reflecting on what you've done that day as well. Yeah, exactly. And it without having to spend too much time getting into yeah. it. And sometimes at the end of it, I'm like, whoa, I've done quite a lot today. Um, <laughs> feel good <laughs> about yourself. It's been a really busy day. <laughs> yeah. And it's been really productive. Little pass in the yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> it's been productive. I've done so much. And like, wow, I've never done that before. And I did that today solo. So that was, um, so it's a nice little pep talk, I guess, to yourself. Like, you did good. Like, it's been busy and it's been really tiring, but you've done good. So that's sometimes. It's good. And I don't think we do that enough, do we? We don't, we're not very nice to ourselves. <laughs> I think you're right. And it's about creating time and space in order to prioritise that. And once it clicks in your head that you can talk to yourself better and, and be kind to yourself, then actually perhaps we're on to a yeah. winner. You um, said you mentioned about when you first started training. So I guess when you'd first graduated, that you found it really hard to let go of the little things, I think you said. Yeah, I think when you first start, it's more, you don't know the processes of work, do you? Like, I still remember fretting over like a paracetamol prescription. Like, did I do that right? Did I say, <gasps> yeah. I've done that. And called in about antibiotic yeah, prescriptions. I'm not sure if I wrote that <laughs> TSBD or was it the right dose or stuff like that, the little things. And I think you're still at that level where you just want to tick everything off after after your shift. You don't want to hand anything over. You don't want to look bad. But And then as you progress through training, you realize that it's all right to hand things over. There's a reason there's a night team. Like there's a reason there's a night team. They're there to take over and complete those jobs that you weren't able to during the day because you were busy. It's not like you were slacking and just putting your feet up. It's a learning process, actually. And I don't think you can necessarily teach that. You, you kind of got to go through it yourself, don't you, sadly? Yeah, I found that as well, yeah. live and learn. I still get it, even years down the line. I think because 
my to-do list is so full. I used to colour code it and nowadays I just don't whatsoever. That probably shows how sad a person I really am. I love those lists. (laughs) But I still forget things and you wind up coming home and you think, gosh, I feel like I've met so many patients, Mm. people, colleagues, whatever today. And I've forgotten to do the most menial job, but somehow it feels like the biggest thing. And And they all merge into one. And I, I wonder if it feels like a biggest thing because... We're just such type A personalities, most of us, and we're we're used to just ticking off our to-do list. And so that little thing that we've missed, it really niggles at us, doesn't it? <laughs> How do you deal with that now then, given that you've been in this for mm. so long? <laughs> if there's a little niggle that you're thinking, oh, I should have checked that, or I can't sleep until I've dealt with yeah, it. Yeah, so I guess like um, I kind of, I weigh it up. Is it is it kind of a patient safety thing? Am I worried in that aspect? If it is, then I just get in contact with the night team. We usually have a group so I can contact them on WhatsApp, uh, drop them a message to say, could you just double check this? But if it's something that re- requires, I should have documented that or this, then I know I can just do that following day in retrospect. So, and that's all right. Or I can just drop someone an email to say that I, I should have documented this or or just do it the following day and just acknowledge that I am human like there's going to be things that are going to slip my mind and I forget so in anesthetics when you go down to A&E you've got to you've got to take the bag and the drug bag and things and that day we didn't have an ODP it's a luxury actually to have an ODP come down with us and I accidentally left the drug bag on the A&E trolley underneath and I was like, oh, no. Like, And I did message um, to say, oh, it, it, I know exactly where it is. It just needs to come back to the, the unit and be put back in the fridge. But actually, someone did find it and they put it back and it was all right. But it's those little things. But actually, my focus was on the patient, not the, the drug bag that I'd left. Um, and these things happen. It's all right. You just apologise. It's nice to realise that we all feel it as trainees and we all have those Mm. moments in handover where we're worried about feeling like people, you know, think we're handing over loads or we've missed something. And I think it's just nice to almost acknowledge that we're we're all feeling that. And actually, as you said, we're not we're not, you know, we're not perfect. We are all humans. And it's it's about trying to be kind to ourselves after those types of shifts and not torture ourselves by going through everything over and over again. And said, I just thought I'd pick up on the other. I quite liked the idea when you were mentioning about um, cycling home as almost you get you get off your bike. And at that point, it's almost like a, a physical barrier, I suppose, to you stepping out of work and into your home life. And I just wondered how you, is there any techniques that you, or tips you can give us about how you tend to try and keep those two parts of your life sort of separate in some respects when you finish your shift? Yeah, so that's one way of doing it. The other way is actually in my house, I keep things very separate as well. So the I have a study and that is where I do my logbook, my revision, my my audits, all your all your kind of work-related stuff. I very rarely tend to do any of that in the living room, in the kitchen or in the bedroom because I know those areas are my relaxation areas, my home areas, and I definitely don't want to merge the two. So I guess it, I feel like I've always been like that, but I think it's, it is an active effort. Sometimes it's so comfortable on your sofa or on your bed to just do a bit of work and do this, but you do have to actively, (laughs) yeah, it's it's just so easy and comfy and, but you do have to separate it because I think it's very easy to constantly work, isn't it? Particularly when you've had those days where you're working from home or you've got a study day at home, it's just, it's very easy to do that. So by separating it, you can just, I guess, look after yourself a bit better. So that I think leads us nicely onto our next challenge for trainees. 
the night shift, which I think we could all probably talk about for hours and we've all probably got all our own little ways and quirks of doing things and how what works for us. But I'm sure as an anaesthetics trainee, you are very much <laughs> acquainted with the night shifts, Edge. So talk us through how you approach that, how you manage them. Yeah, night shifts. I feel like I've done so many and still got a lot more to do. They come around so quickly, <laughs> don't they? They do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I guess to say that it's all it's all very individual. So everyone has a different routine. And I didn't do nights as an F1 in, in Somerset. We just, we did nights in F2. So I still remember, I know, right? So lucky. <laughs> I didn't really know how lucky I was until I spoke to the other F1s in different regions. So I was like, oh, okay, this is a thing. <laughs> yeah, so in F2, I remember still trying to like learn, like, do I, do I have breakfast before I leave or do I have dinner before I leave do I sleep on my last like when I come back home do I sleep or do I stay up so I definitely had to go through a bit of trial and error at the beginning to find what works for me and I feel like now I have settled into a routine that I know that works for me but also to be mindful that you can be flexible with it you don't have to stick to that routine and get upset about it if it doesn't work because I mean life happens doesn't it but usually before my first set of nights, I tend to get up a bit early, do some exercise and just do a bit of life admin and work stuff before. And from about two onwards, I have a bit of a nap until five, have a shower, dinner, brush my teeth and then go to work. And the reason I like to exercise before my night shift is because I know that I'm not going to be able to do it throughout my, like in between my nights. So whilst I'm doing nights, I don't want the stress of we haven't done any exercise, I haven't gone outside, I haven't got any daylight. And just accept that actually prioritise sleep during your nights because that's the most important thing. Because if you're tired and you're run down and you're trying to work out, it's just not going to, it's just not helpful for you. And then you're just going to be me tired on your night shift when actually you have to be on it and cognitively awake and functioning. Just give yourself some slack. And I think when I did that, it's just, it's been much better. In a much smoother ride. I've definitely found that as well. And then if then you can be kind to yourself. So if you wake up a little bit earlier and it's still light outside, especially in the summer, if you just go for a walk around the block, then you've had some movement or a bit of stretching. And then, but you you haven't laid that expectation on yourself. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. That expectation that I should be doing this, I should be doing that. When actually, no, you can just chill and. Yeah, take it at an easier pace. You literally have yeah. a job to do. <laughs> you are going to work. It's not It's not like having a day off, is it? <laughs> and I guess during the night shift as well, it's um, it varies a lot, doesn't it? Some nights are incredibly busy and some nights you have that little lull at about 2am. Obviously, it depends what, what specialty you're doing. But I, I've experimented with this as well because some people do tend to have like a full-on lunch in, during their night shift if there's time which is great but I've kind of learned that for me and for my kind of gut it works better when I'm just more hydrated and just graze if I need to during the night I aim to try not to eat actually because I just think it works better for me just to have the two meals in those shifts but I'm definitely guilty of having that busy night shift of reaching for the sugar you know the biscuits the chocolates or the team hot chocolates Whichever ward yeah, you go on then, to. Ready <laughs> available. And it's just easy. So I think when that happens, just accept it. Don't feel guilty. It's, it was the right thing to do at the time. And then just don't make and be mindful not to make it a habit because you can't beat yourself up about it too much, can you? 
And so, Serge, you mentioned about at work trying to take breaks and, and how that's changed over time, depending on what kind of night shift you're having. I appreciate you're probably coming at this from an anaesthetics point of view, but how do you work that in your, well, I was going to say day-to-day shifts, but your night-to-night shifts, I suppose? So I guess when we're quite junior, I know from my junior experiences that taking a break, particularly during a night shift, I just felt quite guilty about it. I felt like I had to stay up all night and be on all the time um, just in case something would happen, watch my bleep, check if it works, those little things. And actually now that I've got a bit older and a bit more senior, I've realized that actually it's good to take breaks because you don't know what's going to happen at four in the morning, five in the morning when actually everyone's going to be looking at you to be able to do stuff. And I'd rather be rested for that that event. And if I'm, I tend to become quite simple in the sense that if I'm tired, I'm hungry, I need, need a break, need some water. That's exactly what I say. Like I'm tired, I'm hungry, I need a break. And say that to either my juniors or other registrars or nurses. And at no point has anyone said, no, you've got to do this. We put this pressure on ourselves. Why do we think we're trying to be heroes? (laughs) (laughs) We're all trying to be martyrs. It's Mm, bizarre. It's only (laughs) us saying that, isn't it? Uh, We mustn't take a break. We must keep going. And actually, no, everyone else is quite accepting that. Go take a break. Yeah, take five, ten minutes. And sometimes that's all you need is five, ten minutes just to get away from that environment for a little bit. Have some water. Go to the toilet because <laughs> sometimes you don't even have time to do that. And then get back to it. And that's absolutely fine. How have you have you got a pattern for finishing your night shifts? Because I, I find that it changes, especially... Um, I think most people will tend to do a stint through the week and then a stint at the weekend. So sometimes you'll finish your night shifts on a Friday. And I remember, especially when when my now husband and I were doing long distance, I used to try and make the most of that Friday to go and see him. But recovery now is so much easier than trying to get on a train and sleep on the train or do whatever. Have you got a, a rhythm? rhythm? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's taken me, and again, it's the, the rhythm that needs to be a bit flexible as well, according to what plans you have post-nights. So if I know that I'm not going anywhere, not driving anywhere or travelling anywhere, then I tend to stay up on that last night shift. I really like to clean my house after a night shift. I don't know why. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very therapeutic. <laughs> I can just put my headphones in, listen to a podcast or some music and just clean the entire house. It's like a clean stage, isn't it? It's like a nice yeah. refresh after a week really of strange, is. strange hours. And I guess those tasks aren't that cognitively demanding, are they? So you can just kind of do that and then relax in a clean home for the next couple of days. It's such a good feeling. <laughs> but I guess if I am driving somewhere, then I, I actively have to take a nap because it's. I just know what I'm like. It's not safe to drive straight after a night shift. Um, So I take a nap and then drive and make sure I'm either on the phone with someone when I'm driving or listening to something to keep me awake. I suppose that's a really important thing, isn't it? I suppose that's one benefit as well that's come out of this, um, well, the the last junior doctor contract was having that option to be able to stay over. And I know that particularly when I've been working at hospitals a considerable distance away, that's when that really came into its own. Yeah, it's really important, particularly in our deanery, which is just so huge. And with our placements, you're driving at least an hour to some places, if not more. So it's really important to have that opportunity to stay somewhere and have that sleep before you drive off somewhere. And in our shifts, we're actively asked by the consultants or the nurses in charge, are you safe to drive home? And it's just a routine of making sure that question is asked. Yeah, 
so in our IDU handovers, after we've handed over the bleeps, there's there's certain questions. Have you handed over your bleeps? Have you had rest during your shift? Are you safe to drive home? Wow, I love that. So those three questions are routinely asked at handover. So it's just, so if someone hasn't had rest, so yeah, it's more, Ooh. it's really useful actually. It's kind. Yeah. And it just normalizes what you're doing, that you're doing something strange. It's difficult. I think I need to do that my own. Yeah, I guess you can make it, make it a culture. I'm going to bring it to the medical (laughs) team. Definitely. Yeah, you can make it a culture. (laughs) I think that's a great thing. And I know, I know after nights, I like to, I like to have something to sort of have on the horizon when I'm doing my, when I'm going into those nights, that's sort of something that I've planned that's, you know, something for myself or a nice plan with a friend, just you kind of know you have on the other side of those nights. Do you tend to sort of make plans after your night shift on that day or how do you sort of manage it from that perspective? Yeah. So I guess it depends on, depends on what my friends are doing and what plans I have with my boyfriend and things. So he's also an anaesthetic registrar, so it depends on his rota. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah. Double, oh, double whammy. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, I love going for like breakfast with the team afterwards. That's a nice way to one debrief, unwind, get things off your chest. And I'm big on socializing with work people outside because it just makes, I don't know, it just makes a bit more normal at work. So they feel more like friends slash colleagues. So that's quite nice. And then it's having those plans on your post-night days as well to get out do some exercise go on long walks it's lovely around here get yourself out the house yeah Yeah, absolutely you need that pish sometimes finally I think it's important to acknowledge that when we're doing these kind of antisocial shifts so evenings or nights or whatever weekends we do it can really have a big impact on our personal lives And I, for one, feel like I'm often missing out on things if I'm on a stretch of of nights over the week or something like that. And I just wondered if that's something that you've ever felt, Sedge, or if that's been a problem for you in the past. This classic FOMO. Yeah, it's challenging, isn't it? When you're on a night shift and there's events going on or like a wedding you want to go to and you can't make that swap. So you're missing out. And so I've definitely had events that either I've gone to solo or my partner's gone to solo because one of us has just been on shifts and family events that you've missed out on, particularly when I was living in the West Country. I'm from Suffolk, so traveling to and from there it's, it's quite fast it, and particularly post nights can't really do that so definitely missed out on a lot of family events so I think my family there's no medics in the family so they've definitely had to learn with me <laughs> about how things work so they're definitely more understanding medic friends of course are understanding and they know how things work and I guess my non-medic friends have kind of learned as well but I do remember one time when I was like oh I'm on nights on Friday and they're like oh what about Saturday and Sunday do you want to do something then I was like well I'm also on nights <laughs> on Saturday and Sunday because <laughs> there's just that understanding between medics isn't it that it's Friday Saturday Sunday or Monday to Thursday but obviously non-medics don't know that <laughs> Yeah, or that, you know, you finish on that certain day in the morning, but actually you've already worked eight or nine hours of that day. You need to recover, so you can't plan anything yeah, too exactly. early in that day. Of like sleeping during the day. Oh, why? <laughs> well, <laughs> tired. Do you find it hard with some of your, um, I suppose, medic friends, other shift worker friends? You mentioned your partner's a trainee, uh, an anaesthetic trainee too. Even just to try and 
capture some time to spend together. Oh, definitely. Like we have a shared calendar where we've just um, tried to log in all our chefs. And actually, when you think about it, when you have me working one weekend and him working one weekend, you're only left with two weekends in a month or so, which is not very much. And then he's in a different deanery. So you're then factoring the traveling time. So it's really difficult. And again, you just accept that it is going to be challenging. And we both know uh, how training is. So we then both support each other in that aspect. And yeah, I think it just goes back to accepting it and trying to make it easier on yourselves. And also saying no to certain things, which I still find quite difficult. Like you want to do everything, don't you? Yeah, yeah, teach me how. I find this really you hard to do too. everything. You want to go to that brunch, you want to go to that party, etc. But actually, you've got to take a step back and realise that I'm fitting in quite a lot. So I might actually have to say no to that. Um, or going to it and leaving a bit early because you're tired and you, you want some sleep. And I think that's all right to do, particularly if you're with friends who know you really well. So actually, I'm going to head off now if that's okay. And I don't, I don't think anyone's ever been upset by that not my friends anyway I think it swings and roundabouts isn't it because there'll be some events where you end up doing that and there's others where you can just fully let yourself go for the entire evening <laughs> yeah, whatever it this. may bring and so sometimes yeah. you're totally there and sometimes you're not yeah yeah that's really nice isn't it but it is challenging it is and I think it's just part of the training program isn't it and you've um yeah I, I still haven't figured out how to manage that I just do that on a day-to-day basis yeah (laughs) I find the the exam thing quite difficult as well I think because friends who are in other jobs even if they've got postgraduate professional exams most of them seem to be done within a few years you know if they're a lawyer an accountant or whatever it may be whereas ours just keep on going especially if you're in a hospital specialty they just carry on and so I feel there's this strange uh, scenario where you're still revising in your mid-30s trying to balance your life and your social life and work life and everything else which is really unique to is often very unique to our specialty isn't it and it's hard for everyone else to understand it's miserable yeah and this is a career that you've chosen when you were 17 you know <laughs> yeah you didn't know that I still remember putting lifelong learning in my personal <laughs> statement and I was like I don't really think I knew what that meant <laughs> I just thought it was going to be keeping up to date with stuff. And I was like, oh, that's great. I love it. Not exams. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like medics are, I don't know what you think about this, but I think we're always slightly delayed because we graduate later. We get our first job a bit later. And then all your friends at that point are probably non-medic friends. They're getting married or having kids. And then all of that's a bit delayed. For, For me, it is. And I've definitely had to pause my life for the training and... And also even just, you know, deciding where to put down roots is often harder. So it's about, it can be delayed because we're not quite sure where oh, we're going. That's I so know. true. <laughs> How do you decide that? Yeah, it's difficult to decide. You've got to prioritise like location or job. And I guess because we've all been so ambitious since we were 17, 18, that we've always prioritised the work aspect, haven't we? And to kind of shift gears is challenging. So that leads us on to the question that we like to ask everyone, which is what is your non-negotiable? So Sedge, when it comes to your sleep, what would you say is your non-negotiable? So I think everyone who knows me knows how important sleep is to me. And it's actually in their best interest, because if I don't get my seven to eight hours, then I am pretty grisly and they're the ones who are going to suffer. So... (laughs) (laughs) 
it's it's very important. And I guess my non-negotiables in a way, are like three things, I guess, is the timing. Because uh, I need those seven to eight hours. I, I have like a, a little routine. 10 o'clock is my wind down time. And my I have dimmer lights as well. So from nine o'clock onwards, my lights tend to dim every 15 minutes so slightly dimmer every 15 minutes which is which tells yeah there I don't know if you've used hive before it's wonderful you just get like a smart bulb and put it in and set the timer on and it just allows your mind and body to know it's wind down time or getting ready for bed so timing the lights and then having a bedtime routine which all sounds very militant but it's just nice. It's, the, it's like a little process that I go through. So pajamas on, wash my face, brush my teeth, moisturize my face, and then and then head to bed. And I think everyone who kind of knows me knows my knows that routine. Even on holiday, I still have to do that routine. Obviously, you're a bit more flexible when you've got social activities on. But like I said, when you've got like I don't know about you, but if you have three or four things in a row to go to in the evenings, by the f- fourth one you're pretty pretty tired aren't you so you've just got to weigh up whether you want to if you're having a good time stay out a bit longer and kind of get rid of the routine for a bit because at the end of the day it is life and you need to enjoy it don't you but definitely on a day-to-day like a work week that's the routine I stick to because I know I'm just so much better at work to like cognitively and to everyone else when I've had that sleep so yeah I do like to have that that routine and it works for me Um, And I guess it's quite militant. The one thing that I don't do, which I think I will probably try to do when I'm settled in one place and not doing long distance with my partner and things is, um, is the phone thing, you know, like staying off your phone half an hour to an hour before bed. We're all culprits of that, aren't we? Because I I feel like I still need my phone to talk to, talk to him or talk to, yeah, and my alarm is still on my phone. So that's probably one thing that I haven't tried. Maybe, maybe in a year or two, I'll try. <laughs> Add it to your routine. It sounds like you've got a very sort of zen way of, of winding down, which, you know, we can all take take lots of tips from. So thank you so much for joining us today, Sedge. Sleep or lack of it is such an important topic for us as trainees and actually has a really big impact on our lives. So it's been really brilliant to hear from you and your experiences with some really good tips along the way. So thank you so much for coming. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And um, I think the podcast series that you two are doing is absolutely fantastic. It's definitely something that I feel is required and has been needed for quite some time. So I'm looking forward to the other other bits that you have. Thank you. No, oh, thank you. That's kind. So here at Rhythm Chat, we are looking forward to more episodes in this series, talking to other trainees on key topics that affect our well-being. And we look forward to seeing you soon. <laughs>